Hi, welcome to Sibling Cinema. I'm Dennis. And I'm Bonnie. And we are here counting down the best picture winners from worst to best. And we're actually getting pretty close to finding out what the oh, number yeah. one best picture winner is. We are. Uh, but this week, we're not talking about number one, but a oh. movie that probably could have been a contender. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about On the Waterfront from yeah. 1954. Yes. And I don't think I mentioned before, but it's number seven. Number yeah. seven. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so what is your history with On the Waterfront? I am, this is my second time seeing it. Oh, okay. So I saw it once, maybe a, a long time ago, 10 or yeah. 15 years ago. Was it, I don't think it was that long ago. Okay, less than that. Yeah, because you came over and watched it, right? Oh, I watched it here? Yeah, because yeah, uh, Mike, Mike, Laura, it, Mike came over too. I, I was thinking that. it must have been before graduate school. No. So it was, it was I mean, it's when I lived here, so it was since, in the last 10 years. Okay, right? so probably 10 years ago. Yeah. Or close to 10 right, years Right, probably ago. close to yeah, 10 yeah. years ago. Okay. Uh, but you've seen it once. I've seen it once. Okay. And I, mean, I did, I really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remembered yeah. that I liked the movie. So right. I was of looking forward to seeing who, it again. Who doesn't? Know well, I don't know. Some of them, you know, like Midnight Cowboy, people are like, great movie. <laughs> Yeah, you know, art is subjective, as exactly. we say. Um, yeah, I've seen it several times, and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. I've always liked it. Whether it's the best movie of the year, I guess we may talk about that some more, but, you know, um, art is art. It's not a competition, except we're playing that Potter game now, I guess. Maybe. It's, it's number seven, so yeah, that's competitive. Uh, yeah, so there were four movies that lost on the waterfront for okay. the Best Picture of 1954. Um, so let's start off with The Cane Mutiny. Okay. Uh, you've seen this before, right? I feel like I probably have. Yeah. I don't really remember it. Yeah, it's based on a novel. It's about a... Um, oh, it's got that slanderer in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Fred McMurray is in it, which we saw in our last week's movie, in The Apartment. Mm -hmm. um, but this is a Navy movie where Humphrey Bogart plays Captain Quig, who is uh, showing signs of um, uh, maybe some mental health issues that exacerbate, and the officers decide what to do about it, and eventually they mutiny. Yeah. I don't really remember this movie. <clears throat> so I'd like to the see strawberries. it again sometime. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, Humphrey Bogart does a good job of... Uh, Adam remembers something about him. <clears throat> he was talking about, oh, I think that's the one where the captain did something. The marbles? Maybe. Yeah, he, he kept fidgeting with marbles. Okay. Uh, it's fair. a really fascinating movie. I just rewatched it and... Uh, so I, I would recommend it. Yeah. Yeah. Cane Mutiny. Mm -hmm. Three Coins in the Fountain. Three Coins in the Fountain. This was another one of the nominees. Yeah. I don't know this one. Yeah. Oh, but it looks like the Trevi Fountain. Yeah. So this is kind of uh, comes out amidst the, this kind of post-war fascination with Europe and, and travel and, and stuff like that. This story centers around three American women who are in Rome working for an American company or maybe an, a, an American agency, maybe. The gimmick of the movie is at the beginning, they make a wish at the Trevi Fountain and the story plays out with each of their, follow through each of their love lives and how their wishes turn out. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was a big hit, not much remembered. Uh, since then, except for, of course, the title song by Frank Sinatra. Obviously. Obviously. Um, the Country Girl. The Country Girl. Yeah. Uh, so, have you ever heard of The Country Girl? No. Uh, yeah, this is a story of a, um, an alcoholic, and his, he's married to a plain Jane, 
Of mm-hmm. course, if you're going to cast a plain Jane, who better to cast than Grace Kelly? <laughs> Grace, a 25-year-old Grace Kelly. I mean, she yes. actually didn't... She probably left the movies. She was probably still in her 20s when we never... Oh, uh, yeah, she probably was. I mean, she only started, like, in the, like, 49. So, I mean, she actually had a very brief, but yeah. stunning career. This yeah. was, like, at the height of her career yeah. she had... Uh, three movies, at least three movies this year. She was like pretty much, who are we going to cast in this movie? Oh, let's try to get Grace Kelly. In fact, yeah. we'll later talk about a role that later went to Eva Marie Saint because they yeah, couldn't I was get to. Because, they, is it because they, <laughs> they she couldn't was, get Grace Kelly? She okay. was actually, um, yeah, she had to turn it down because she had already agreed to do a, another movie, which we'll talk about in a little bit. That. Was actually more popular than the Country Girl, but mm-hmm. yeah, the Country Girl is uh, kind of a change of pace for uh, Big Crosby, uh, who plays the alcoholic. Uh, so it's a very dramatic role. Okay. Uh, Does William he Holden. sing in this movie? Because I remember he's a singer, right? Yeah, yeah, he's definitely a. a this, I mean, this looks like a great lineup: Bing Crosby, Grace Kelly, William Holden. Yeah, I haven't seen it in years, but it'd be nice to revisit. Uh, uh-huh. uh, definitely, like, uh, uh, all three of them are great. We saw William Holden in um, The Bridge on the River Kwai. Yes, that's right. Yeah. That was a, that was um, a great role. Yeah, that was, yeah. A, that was a great role. Yeah. Yeah. So the last nominee is Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Uh, uh Musical set in the kind of in the old west, a, a group of lumberjacks, kind of the backwoodsmen, decide one of them uh, falls in love and so decides to get his other six brothers married. Okay. So it's kind of a musical comedy, uh, great movie for anyone with uh, either seven sons or maybe seven grandsons. Be a fun movie to watch. Yeah, I have seven grandsons. Yeah, I know. I, uh, what a coincidence. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of uh, maybe, I wouldn't call this movie polarizing, but there's back and forth over whether it is terribly misogynistic or whether it's making fun of a misogyny. Oh, it looks where, terribly misogynistic. But... I mean, the premise, <laughs> the premise is they go to town and carry off the women. Yeah. Okay. I, I think it's a That's much the... smarter movie. That I would love to rewatch it. It's, uh, it's a okay. lot of fun. Yeah, it seems like actually just a lot. <laughs> I mean, what I remember most is the dance scenes, which yeah. are incredible. It's directed by Stanley Donan, who made... Um, you've seen a couple of his movies. Have At I? least you've seen Singing in the Rain. I like that. That's one of the best movies of all time. Okay. And Charade you like a lot. Too. Oh, I do. Yeah. Uh, funny, uh, yeah, those might be the ones you've seen. Uh, so those are the nominees, and just as last week we talked about the 1960 Best Picture lineup, and left off the list was Alfred Hitchcock's classic movie, Psycho. Mm-hmm. Got snubbed. Alfred Hitchcock still got nominated for Best Director. Happens again, well, it happens earlier <laughs> in this year, where um, Rear Window... One yeah. of his most famous movies did manage to get five nominations, including Hitchcock for Best Director, but didn't make the Best Picture. So lineup. odd! I was so really? surprised yeah. to see this. I did I, look it up. I watched this movie last night. Yeah, because I was looking up other nineteen fifty four, and this I know this is. I would have said before the apartment discussion that this, if I had to guess, what was your favorite movie? I might have oh, guessed this. Yeah, one. Uh, well. Um, between the two, and maybe in Citizen Kane, maybe, and, and perhaps one of the movies that we'll get to eventually, uh-huh. uh, maybe a month from now. I'm kind of surprised I didn't get it. Like, with, yeah. uh, you know, Psycho is a very kind of pulpy, you know, slasher type movie. It's fantastic, but I can definitely see why the Academy might not go for it. But this is kind of really light and breezy and just immaculately well made. And but also a thriller. Also a thriller, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's light and breezy until it's not. Until it's not, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's, yeah, I think it's 
perfect. I think the biggest snub actually that I got was not getting a art direction set decoration nomination because I think this is the most amazing set that's ever yeah, been built. And it's really the, crazy. It, the movie really depends upon how brilliantly this is set up, this whole courtyard. Mm-hmm. Um, when I make my first million of what I want to do is build an escape room that is like this set. Yeah, yeah I noticed on our Zoom calls yeah. that this oh, is I, your, your yeah. what do you call it, your like thumbnail picture Yeah, is this courtyard. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know how this movie works without these little windows set up mm-hmm. like as little movie screens really is yeah. his, his entertainment yeah it really is it's super fun movie. Yeah. so i can go on but uh i wanted to bring up urban now because I, I is, and... is it wrong to ask if he got nominated for a best actor for this no he didn't i i thought he was so good in this he's fantastic <laughs> That scene yeah, where um, she's getting, she's in the apartment mm-hmm. and Thornburg or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Perry comes Mason. in, Perry Mason. Yeah. Perry Mason's a big guy, although he's older he is, here. But... When he comes in and just his, yeah. you know, Jimmy Stewart's face as it, just a panic. He's can't But younger anything. than when he was in, was Perry Mason late 50s? Oh, I don't know. I mean, he's I gray here. He's not gray. Yeah, he, he's definitely playing older. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And he was gray here. That's the... Yeah, but you also don't get a, a, where, a good look at him until the end. Yeah, right, exactly. As a matter of fact, that's when it was like, oh, that's Perry Mason. Uh, we, we, at some point, we really should do a special episode on this one. Yeah, this uh, is really Because good. I have a lot to say. It's it's 70th anniversary this year, so... Oh, really? Maybe. We could also so do much. a Hitchcock countdown. Oh, that would be so fun. <laughs> oh, that would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I was going to say there were... Okay, well, that's yeah. a discussion for another day. 54 is one of my favorite movie years. Uh, really? Also okay. has... Oh, I didn't pull the picture, but it also has Sabrina, which you know right, is from yeah. this year. Um, I love Sabrina. Yeah, Sabrina's great. Um, Audrey Hepburn. Dial in for Murder is the third Grace Kelly movie, another Hitchcock movie. Wow. Also one of the best. Um, she not, has, not, how did she make three movies in a year? I guess yeah, I it's take, amazing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> okay. yeah it, it's really stunning. And yeah, so she had a busy year. She also uh, went to the Cannes Film Festival was it for your window? It's for one of these movies and met the Prince of Monaco there. Oh, really? So, yeah. Oh. Yeah, the first Godzilla movie was from 1954. Oh, I've, and I've never seen any of those. White Christmas. What do you think classic. of the Godzilla movies? I'm not, I'm not that familiar with all of them. I think the early Japanese ones are interesting just because it's kind of a metaphor for um, nuclear war. Or not really a metaphor, just because the... Origin story of Godzilla is the fallout from Nagasaki. I oh, think, really? Oh, that's the, where we get the... Yeah, that's where yeah. Godzilla comes I mean, from. Because they're the only country that have actually been... Bombed. Yeah. By a nuclear weapon. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. Judy Garland in A Star yeah, is Born. A Star is Born, the second version of A Star is Born. It's the first version. Um, in 1937, um, a version with Janet Gaynor and Frederick March. Oh. You know Frederick March for the best years of our lives. Uh, that one's very good, too. This this one is just such a great performance by Judy Garland. Probably her best dramatic performance. Really kind of rejuvenated her career after she had a series of problems in her career based on her Depression and, and substance mm-hmm. issues. Yeah. And unfortunately, she, she it was cyclical. So yeah, I watched. They had that great um, biography kind of. What do you call it? The biopic. Yes. Yeah, with Renee Zellweger. Yeah. Yeah. She was so was good. So good. Judy yeah. Walker. Well, we talked about that in our Parasite episode because okay, she good. won Best Actress. Oh. Renee Zellweger did. We did. 
Yep, I don't even remember that. That yeah, wasn't that long ago. Yeah, no, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. White uh, Christmas. I'm not sure if I've seen that. You can watch it. White Christmas. Yeah. Another Bing Crosby movie, more in his typical genre. Movie. Yeah, his typical genre. Um, you know the song Sisters, right? From White Christmas. Oh, yeah. Is that yeah. where that's from? Uh huh. Okay. So, a good year for movies. Great year for movies. One of my favorite movies of all time, too, is Seven Samurai, which was. A 1954 movie from Japan, but it was not eligible until the 1956 Oscars. Okay. So I didn't pull a picture of it. But it is a 1954 movie. Okay. Well, also La Strada from Italy. But we've talked about other movies enough, I think. I think so. We should get to our, our main attraction. Yeah. Listen, if I were you, I would walk right. Never mind. I'm not asking you to do anything. It's your own conscience that's got to do the asking. Conscience? Yeah, it's stuff. It's stuff that drives me nuts. Good luck. Okay, so, Bonnie, what that is... That stuff can drive you nuts. That stuff can drive you nuts. So what is the On the Waterfront about? On the Waterfront is about a group of longshoremen Mm-hmm. In New Jersey, their union bosses have been corrupted and are like either in league with the mafia or are the mafia. And right. so it kind of follows. Probably infiltrated by the mob. Right. Mafia. Yeah. So it um, follows that the struggle of these people, these, this working class section mm-hmm. of people, the longshoremen of this in this town, and it centers around. The corruption of that mob. So that you've got the uh, main character, whose name is Terry Malloy. Terry Malloy, mm-hmm. and he is um, kind of a young, not real smart, right? Um, you know, bum, bum, yeah. yeah. Who is kind of a bit player in, in this, and is kind of a stooge right. of them. And anyway, it kind of shows him as he is confronted with all these moral dilemma, or one big moral dilemma, um, about the uh, his involvement in the uh, death of somebody who was going to testify against or squeal or mm-hmm. something on the mob. Uh, so that's I don't know. It's that's a very poor summary of what is I don't know. I need to be convinced. That this isn't the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not my job to convince you, Bonnie. I mean, it's a great movie, so if it's your favorite... This is such a favorite. great movie, Dennis. <laughs> Did you know I was going to love it this much? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure you were going to love oh, it. I mean, gosh. you loved it the first time. It's... I did. I really loved it the first That's time. So good. I think... This is why I was sure I had to have seen this before I went to graduate school because I, uh, this is, wow, what a great movie. So, yeah, what, what, what puts it in that elite tier for you? Well, just... for me, it's just the most powerful presentation of, you know, as a graduate school being theology from a Catholic perspective. Right. It's really the best presentation I can think of of what it it what Christianity is supposed to mean, what the role of the church is. It is a very Catholic movie. It's it's a very right? Catholic movie, you know, because but not the, like one a of the, religious movie. Right. It's not a religious movie. It, it in some ways it's a superficially Catholic movie because there's a priest mm-hmm. that's the main right. character. But in its yeah. subtext there are a lot of priests in movies at this right, time. Right. The the subtext of the Catholic subtext in this, yeah, which is probably I, th- I don't know, I don't know if I picked up on that last time, is so brilliantly done that, and uh, I don't know, it's it's just the fact that you have this very flawed character, right, who has to be the one to uh, bring light into darkness, and it has to go through him, yeah. and they have to do it. You know, the role of the church is to, you know, equip him to do that work and to transform society, right? That whole concept of what it means to be Christian, not, you know, it's it's not like people go to church and good things happen at church. 
actually bad things happened in the church. Yeah. You know, in this movie. But yeah. it's where they took it and out. I mean, that's the experience of a lot of people. Yeah, right. right. Know, where they right. took it out and that you, it really does rely on all of us flawed characters to be, you know, this. So it's not like they take the, the hero as some uh, one-dimensional pristine figure that is right. rises above. It's this very flawed, guilty you know, guy who's yeah, gonna rise above. Sure, right. I just, uh, in like, <laughs> there could be like ten different ways that we could look at it. That I love well, this movie. <laughs> it's a great movie. It's yeah, such a good movie. <laughs> good. And like, the, you know, the way that they use, you know, height. The, well, uh, oh, yeah, we was just gosh. gonna get into that because <laughs> yeah. we don't we don't actually get into the church. We get into the church's basement, and the movie is just very vertical. Yeah. In terms of, like, it almost reminds me of uh, Dante, this kind of exactly. uh, mountain of purgatory, yeah. uh-huh. and because you have the, like, the birds up on the roof, and mm-hmm. that's where and that's Jimmy him. goes. Yeah, yeah, that's him at the best, and and all the bad stuff is that, you know, so there's this mm-hmm. movement... Or yeah, was, and when they work in the docks, there's right. like down another level, and the yeah, which is where the, the mob headquarters, are, yeah. yeah, is is like yeah, you take a little bridge down, right, it's and it's like so humanity layered. is in this mid level, uh, kind of thing, you know, just your everyday life, and I don't know this moving yeah. and the shots where they do that, and between that and so many fences and cages, exactly, yeah, oh, it's so it's, yeah. It's so evocative. It's and so, so much animal and imagery. Yeah. Particularly birds. Um, yeah, at the very beginning, Terry's first action is to, unbeknownst to him, set up his friend to be murdered. Yeah. Right? He's just, his job is just to get Jimmy to go up to the roof. Right. Right? And what he doesn't know, or he thinks that the mob guys up. are just going to rough him up and... Tell him yeah. not to talk to the report or to the FBI. Right. And they throw him from off the roof. Yeah. But you just see Terry from the bottom looking up at these dark kind of menacing figures on the edge of the roof. Yeah. And I love the parallel between that and his first conversation with Evie, uh-huh. Eva Marie Saint, who plays his love interest in this, when they're talking about the pigeons. And he's saying about how... What a rough world it is for the pigeon in these cities with all the the hawks um, yeah. perched upon the rooftops looking down. Uh-huh, and so it's yeah. just like what he saw yeah. with those mob bosses on the roof. It's yeah. just kind of a, an evocative image for the hawks that he's talking about. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's really quite visually striking. And he, he's, what a character. First of all, he is... Eerily reminds me of our son-in-law, my son-in-law, Mike. Harry? Yeah. Does? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, visually, right? He's, I mean, Mike is not a... Mike's not smarter. <laughs> Mike's, Mike is very brilliant. He yeah. tries to play not as brilliant as he is. Mike is very brilliant. But this is like, he's got the whole aura about him that's very much like Mike. But this is, I, I'm not even good at telling what's good acting, but this is, he was so amazing. Marlon oh, Brando. yeah. I mean, this is, changes acting. I mean, he's from the, I guess the, or, I mean, there was a real movement in acting towards realism. And that's, a, I mean, there's a dividing line of acting before and after Marlon Brando, usually attributed to the Streetcar Named Desire, which is a few years before this, but okay. this as well. Yeah, amazing. Um, you know, also from his same school of acting is Rod Steiger, who plays his brother. Yeah. And what's really remarked about him, even though I think Marlon Brando is the kind of standout, you could watch this movie kind of back-to-back with In the Heat of the Night and not not even register that it's the same the guy. same guy. Because they're just such... The characters aren't even all that different. They're both kind of flawed uh-huh. um, and protagonist protagonist right. slash but i mean he just melts into both of them and mm-hmm. it's like you know it's it's 13 years later so he has aged some but it's not even that it's just the whole personality it's just like 
his, both characters are just so fully embodied that you're not even thinking of the person behind it. Yeah. I mean, he's as as Charlie here, um, uh, particularly the the most famous scene and really I think the best scene in the movie, um, in the back of the cab where the brothers have that yeah. confrontation. Could have been a contender. Yeah, it could have been a contender. Is the famous line from that movie, and you know you can really see in that that. Ilya Kazan, who was the director, and Bud Schulberg, the writer, uh, have a background in theater. Okay. And so you can really see that that kind of influence on really smart dialogue and how the themes come up through the dialogue and just kind of everything kind of leads up to that scene as a payoff without kind of telegraphing that it's leading up to that scene. Yeah, it really... Go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say that, you know, for the lazy screenwriter, if you're going to have that scene, uh, the immediate thing you think of is, okay, we're going to have this conflict between the, the the boxing career. So when we introduce the characters, like tell the audience that there's this thing in the past that he's upset about and the, there's this conflict, but it never really tells us about it, right? Yeah. And it's just, but it's always kind of bubbling under the surface, but just, it's, it's, it's never overt. It's always in the subtext and and the dialogue is so carefully written and the acting is, is so good that when it comes up, it just feels so natural without it feeling like something we're kind of set up for, for this. It's, It's not one of those things where. Oh, you could have had the conversation in the first scene, and but there's just this, this sense that these two got men are talking about something that they've both been uh, thinking about for years, but have never spoken about to each other. Yeah, there's so much going on in that scene, too, because you've got these, you know, they're brothers, and they they love each other. But they're, you know, first of all, they've had a lousy growing up. Both had completely some sort of dysfunctional home, right? They talked about it at one point. Their parents were mm-hmm. gone. They basically kind of raised each other or something. But the what uh, something that is amazing is they get into the back of this car at the moment of the film where they're both contemplating turning on the other. Right. And they don't want to. But they're like both kind of backed into a corner and their only way out is to turn on their brother. Yeah. And so you they're it's kinda of like this dance as they're in there. And then when Terry, the Marlon Brando character, you know, when when it dawns on him that it's yeah. not just this conflict that he's having, but then when he's realizing, mm-hmm. oh, his brother is about to do this to him. Yeah. It was like you could so powerful. Oh yeah, it's really really something. And it, and it was so like you could see two wounded, just two wounded, two wounded people. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's I I would say, and I don't mean this at all as as a criticism, but you know this time through, I I think I was maybe just somewhat less wrapped up in it as I had been on previous viewings. Just, mm-hmm not as really drawn into it as, as I had been on some of the more recent ones. Uh, but that scene, it was just um, really, like, thoroughly engaged. And it's not like I was critical of the rest of it, but just kind of, like, sat back saying, okay, this is a well-done scene, and, and maybe kind of getting the sense that I think I've seen it enough that I've gotten what I can get out of it. Terrific movie. But, I mean, that... That scene is just, it's, you can't, you can't not, not feel it. And and I mean, there are a lot of great scenes. So uh, many great scenes. Yeah. And and like, as we were talking about the, he's talking to the priest character and Edie is coming up, but they're kind of at a different plane because she's down at the train tracks and Uh they're up behind a fence. Right. Yeah. uh, A barred. Uh-huh. Bard friends, 
yeah, really visually fascinating. Explain this to me. This is this is a gritty film. Yes, but I I don't like gritty films. Why do I like this? What's Um, the difference between seventies gritty? There's not much difference. I mean, but I love. I mean, a lot of great seventies movies are like this. I mean, you. I love that it's in black and white. That gives it. Yeah, the black and white is terrific. I mean, I think that there's a, a lot of 70s movies like this that you would really like. The other um, thing I, I mean, was... I think the difference with something like Midnight Cowboy, which I didn't care for, is yeah. I just felt like with Midnight Cowboy, I, I, yeah, we talked about it at the time. I didn't really trust the material, and it was there was so much... Uh, bells and whistles that were just kind of like uh, thrust upon this, you know, if it were just kind of focused more realistically on these two people at the bottom rungs of society kind of clinging to each other, I think it would be a more effective movie than like a lot of these flashbacks with like the weird. Yeah. Yeah. I I think there was a lot of stuff that pulled, pulled me out, but yeah, I mean, you like the French Connection. It's not at the same novel as this no, movie. I, it's yeah. a very different type of movie. Um, Here's what I was thinking of, speaking of yeah. 70s gritty, was I was like, oh, wow, this is, I wonder, the the whole sort of Marlon Brando character and the whole themes of the movie, I'm like, really, this is Rocky, you know? Yeah, you know, well, also you, a boxing movie. Also okay. boxing. Well, I mean, this yeah. isn't really a boxing movie, but it's, no, it's based not, on no. a boxer. Right. But I was, I was just thinking, like, wow, I wonder if, I wonder if you would have had Rocky if you hadn't had, on the waterfront. Right. You know? Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. I, I because it's you know it's that same and that the that ending scene, is so emotionally, you know, just. So much like Rocky. Um, yeah. Yeah, one of the more... I think this is way more sophisticated than Rocky. Although I like it Rocky. Is. Yeah, I like Rocky too. Uh, yeah, this is definitely I think, a lot better than Rocky. Um, and on that note, um, uh, just a brief shout out to Carl Weathers who passed away yesterday. Oh, yeah. Apollo that. Creed. Yeah. yeah. Not even so all that best old. To, uh, not even too bad. I thought 70s. I saw 70, mid-70s. Yeah, I mean, he was in The Mandalorian not long ago. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't watched, kept up on that show, but I don't know if he's still been in it. Yeah. Uh, so uh, part of the background of the movie is the director, Elia Kazan, shortly before this movie was a figure of controversy. Have you heard of this, mm-hmm. about this? Yeah, for... Because uh, he named names before the House of Un-American Activities mm-hmm. Commission. And a lot of the discussion of this movie in particular is that it's a defense of that action. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and also Bud Schulberg, the screenwriter, also um, named names. Now, I mean, these okay. are... I mean, we would have to have a whole separate podcast to get into all the background of this uh, Hollywood blacklist. Um, but basically, you know, Congress was the House of Un American Activities Committee was targeting uh, Hollywood, and their tactics was to get people on the stand to admit that they've been part of the Communist Party, and then they would have to tell the names of other people who are part of the party, so they would be the next person, people to target. And then anyone who wasn't cooperative with the committee would be blacklisted because they were had agreements with the studio heads. So a lot of people had their careers ruined. This one was particularly controversial because Elia Kazan was, at this time, probably one of the more, more powerful people that had been brought there. So he, in many people's eyes, had the ability to stop this. 
and if he he, he had he could have stood up to it and mm-hmm. and really made a difference whether that's true or not we won't know i mean he was in a difficult position and what he chose to do was he's very specific about the names that he named who were just not people that were relevant anymore um but yeah i mean that's pretty uh controversial and you know it's uh you know it's a difficult thing to to really judge because the the committee's goal was to use these hearings to tear people apart so really the the villains without getting into the whole story are the people that are just kind of building their political cachet off of putting people in those positions and uh, maybe not the most positive way to handle it is to you know I guess cancel the Right. The person in Alia Kazan's position, it's uh, it's also e- very easy to say, well, if I were in his position, I, I just would have stood up and, you know, let, let my career be mm-hmm. where it may. Right. Where you really don't know what you'd yeah. be like in that situation. Yeah, yes. but I thought we should bring it up because it is very relevant to the themes of this movie. I'm not that comfortable with the comparison because it makes, I kind of think it makes this movie's themes seem more shallow than they really are because it's very different. It's a very different situation as far as the moral compass between whether or not to talk to the authorities. Yeah. And I think that, you know, I mean, it seems like, the timing is such and the themes of the movie are such that, yeah. you know, did he make this in a, uh, to show a kind of a, give himself kind of a, a defense or at least mm-hmm. to let people know that there might be another side of this or right. whatever. I mean, I think that's very likely. And if he did it using, you know, made this sort of work of art to make right. that, he did a really good job. Yeah. You know, he did a really good job. And then I, but you, just like you said, you have to look at those in two different, two different lights. You know, right. it's not the same. You can't judge this it movie based yeah. on whether you think it was right for him to turn in because the movie stands on its own. But it, but it probably is a good thing for making people think, okay, because from what I had read which is like a few sentences about right. this. so not very much but he saw bad he he joined the communist party but then he right. saw corruption in what he was doing and the same mm-hmm. thing here is that you take something that especially from a catholic point of view unions yeah. are are good right? right that's a the but unions yeah. can be corrupted so you can yeah. have and just have, to be clear I actually I don't think Elliot Kazan is Catholic but no, no, you're no, talking no, about right. the themes right, right right the themes right yeah. so because they this movie mm-hmm. you know he clearly took it instead of putting it in a whatever his right. con it's not a political context no it's, it's more not. of a Catholic social teaching context right right so but you take something that is there's nothing wrong inherently with unions right there's, no, quite the contrary. Right, there's, there's a lot it's, a, it's a good thing. As a matter of fact, right. that's what the well, argument of the priest is. You got to take back the unions. Is the same way as he's trying to, you know, show maybe there was a greater good for what he was doing. I don't know enough. As as I said, I'm I've only read a, a few sentences, so I have no yeah, idea if right. there was enough. But it's enough to then. You know, I think this is such a good movie because you could take it yeah. and apply it to any situation and think, well, just because, you know, because people are so quick to, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Right. And mm-hmm. maybe it's, maybe it's not that. Maybe you need to look more deeply at actual issues. Yeah. Or people have different perspectives or there's more behind the surface. 
you know, think more deeply about it rather than just, I don't right. like you because you're, you're mean to. Yeah, and should be clear that there was a lot. I mean, at this time, across America, there was a panic, right, for yeah. the the Red Scare and a real threat of the Soviet Union getting the bomb and right. um, all sorts of. Stuff like that. So, you, there's a lot of division over is, are these congressmen in this committee trying to protect America from this existential threat, or are they using the fear and the hysteria to get, uh, to consolidate their political power, which, um, it's a larger discussion, but I, I think the actions of the committee, certainly in retrospect, it definitely seems more like the latter. Right. They didn't do anything productive other than kind of grandstanding, which thankfully Congress never does anymore, but it's probably <laughs> in the 50s. And but not you to could get have bad people on both not, sides. Yeah. And it could still be, you still but, have to judge it on... Exactly. But my merits. point there is that that's a very different situation than what we see in the movie because from we have no indication in the story that the investigators have any ulterior motive other than to sort out the crime that is impacting these longshoremen. Exactly. And you don't... Right. The other thing is that you don't need to be Catholic to oh yeah to I mean, do uh, these you know, even though you have a catholic priest who's very much you know doing you know it's like would christ have done this and you know but you don't have to believe even in any of these christian themes no to um you know to react to this so you could yeah even, and in fact i don't know that there, there were all that many people in the creed of um team behind the movie that were exactly right and and you and so i like i you know so you could have you could even be like okay well that priest is uh you know i'm not moved by his speech at all right right but i'm but that just because i'm not moved by his speech or you know they had people throwing stuff at him right and part of it is because he's calling them out right it kind of from above from right. above, mm-hmm. yeah, because yeah. he's down below. He's kind of in the pit. But you can yeah. even discount, sort of discount that and just, you know, just think about human dignity. Yeah. And the, you know, sense of right and wrong and Well, he's down there making that sermon because someone was just murdered. Yeah. Right. I mean, there he's standing the over right. this dead Look body for... that they're throwing... You know. Yeah, the dead body of someone that yeah. the priest had talked into. Um, Standing up to them. Making yeah. a stand. And so it was their co-worker, you know, and, the, and somebody they knew well. And anyway, just, yeah, that, you, anyway. So I, I just, yeah. I think it, it rises above a lot yeah, of Yeah, but these. at the same time, it, it is a sermon. It's and, definitely a, it's a Christian it is, sermon, right? It is very much a Christian sermon, and uh, his arc is is pretty simple. I mean, Edie at the very beginning says, "Don't stand in your church," and then like he just changes there, and and you know, not that that's a bad thing. He's a minor character. Yeah. But, um, the one thing where I would push on the McCarthyism stuff or the uh-huh. Hueck stuff. McCarthy was yeah. in the Senate, but it was part of the movement. Um, and I'm not sure where I land on this, but if the writer and director making this movie have that mentality of kind of seeing these issues through the prism of um, testifying or not before HUAC, does that maybe water down the themes of solidarity because when the in the movie it does come across that the opposition towards being a stool pigeon is somewhat thin or it's just that people don't like 
telling on other people. And there's not much behind it rather than where it, it, maybe you could have explored more how how crucial solidarity is to people in this position in a union and how that there are real consequences to turning on on each other right now in this case he's turning on the the mobsters which are hurting the union but in you know from the grunt's high view they are part of the union or the union leadership mm-hmm. um so i, I wonder if uh, and again, I'm not sure where I come down on it, but um, I, I wonder if maybe those themes could have been a little bit richer in terms of the the effect of solidarity on this community rather than just kind of seeing it as the don't tattle. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it this movie definitely plays into how hard it is mm-hmm. to go against the grain. Right. Yeah, that's definitely a big focus of the movie. It's hard, but it's also, it's easy to tell what the right thing to do is. Yeah. Right. There's I mean, no, it's, it was, right. he struggled it's, with it. He struggled with it, but it's straightforward, like from the audience's point yeah. of view. It's like, yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, I mean, yeah. the neck is more or less stacked. But. Yeah. Well, I think that sometimes it's a clear way to make your point. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's, I mean, like in comparison to Mrs. Miniver, which I also really enjoyed right. that movie. Um, yeah, I mean, this movie's a, a separate caliber. It, right. From this. Yeah, but, but yeah. I really like Mrs. Miniver. But that ending scene where it's it's clearly yeah. propaganda. Right. You know, and, and just because you're on the, see the British as, you know, we're allies with them or whatever. That's yeah. Well, they were fighting the Nazis. They were fighting the Nazis. <laughs> right. I don't know who is is against that kind of thing. That you know, even though we're on that side, is you know, it's still clearly very much propaganda. Yeah. I think this is much more sophisticated. In just this can stand on its own. Like Definitely. you could know nothing about the McCarthy. Oh right. Trials. Yeah. And this movie just stands on its own kind of thing. Yeah, and I, I, I think Whereas kind the, of knowing about it kind of is a distraction to exactly, enjoy the right, movie. Exactly, right, yeah, really, yeah, yeah. Other than just telling on people, it's not that right. similar. Right, it's not that similar. Right. And so then it's, you know, then it's just, then it becomes like, well, I don't like the McCarthy hearing, so therefore I don't like... This guy, which means right. I, you know, we we ding this movie, which I think yeah, stands I'm, I'm on not, its own. I'm not dinging it. I don't know. No, why I'm I not saying for it, you, but, but I'm um, like the subplot of the kid who helps him with the yeah. pigeons that gets mad and murders the pigeons. Yeah, so mean. Because yeah, well, really mean. Really but, mean. You know, maybe flesh it out more and see why this kid is so sensitive you know is his motivation just blind loyalty is you never tell on people or is it more that his brief life experiences shows him the importance of solidarity and then maybe it could be a little bit richer with Mm -hmm. maybe not coming in from this maybe a little bit more defensiveness but again that's inserting like what I know behind the scenes yeah, into right. this movie, which is yeah. really it's a terrific movie. And oh gosh, I anyone who hasn't seen it should go see it. They should go see it. It's a classic. Yeah. So I don't know. Are are there going to be better movies than this? It's hard to say. Well, I mean, the, the, it's your favorite movie of all time, but not for you. I, um, I mean, I I, I, I really I, like. I we've I, had a good. We've had a good. Um, I like it more oh. than One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Parasite. Uh, I mean, I like, I like it the best of all that. But The Apartment is... I definitely love The Apartment. But I think yeah. I like I this really, at least as much if not more than The Apartment. Yeah, I mean, the art is subjective. I, 
personally, when I slotted it into the list after watching it a couple times, I put it in between the Silence of the Lambs and the Best Years of Our Lives, which I love both of those. Yeah, great so movies. So maybe I don't have it as quite as high as you do, but it's, mm-hmm. it's quite, quite good. It's such a fun way to go through the best picture winners yeah. because it's, you know, a lot of So you of didn't people, have it in top ten. I don't know if I do now, but well, in my original list, I had it at number six, so definitely in the oh, top ten. Okay, yeah, um, and I mean, there's it's kind of crowded at the top. I like, uh, you know, a lot of if you go through and when people watch the best picture winners in chronological order and random order, you're gonna get like a movie like this followed by Oliver or 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 uh, American Driving Beauty. Miss Daisy, yeah, and so you kind of get the sense of uh, uh the academy gets it wrong a lot and, and they do but like kind of doing it this way this is yeah. like kind of a feast of riches i love them. the last movie i was mixed on was the deer hunter which has been a mm-hmm. while yeah. and really since the deer hunter i would say my least favorite was unforgiven and i really like unforgiven that was a long yeah. time ago it was a long time ago yeah. Uh, but yeah, really, uh, really cooking with the uh, gasoline, yeah. the fire, right? What's yeah. the expression? So far, I'm impressed. I don't, I don't know any expressions. Yeah. Um, so, did you pull up on Limerick? Okay, this the is Limerick chat is GPT Limerick. Chat GPT. On the waterfront, drama does swell. Oh, this with... is terrible. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. With dock workers caught in a hell. Terry's conscience does weigh as he fights for the day. In the end, he triumphs, we can tell. So it has the right cadence, but it's not great. Okay. No. Oh, I like this. All right. This is Dennis's. When Terry could no longer box, he settled for tending his flocks. A priest and a lady said something looked shady and got Terry to clean up the docks. Oh, that is so great. On the waterfront, uh, 12 nominations? Okay, best picture, best director. Best yeah, actor? Yeah, so uh, five acting nominations. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> so everybody. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So Marlon Brando, mm-hmm. he was great. Did he win? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he's fantastic. It was considered a close race between him and Brig Crosby, but he won. Okay, for... Best White, actor. White Chris. No. no, for the uh, country girl. Oh, that's right. Change he had of pace. Two. Yeah, alcoholic. Okay. Um, Carl Malden. Yeah. Okay. Best yeah. supporting actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got three best supporting actor nominations. So. Okay, that Steiger Rod Rod Brian, Rod Steiger Rod, Rod Steiger, right. supporting actor. Mm-hmm. You say right. Marie Saint, yeah. She's yeah. very good. I, th- I thought yeah. she was terrific. Uh, as a supporting actress, the producer campaigned her as supporting actress because it was such a tight race between Grace Kelly and Judy Garland for Best Actress. I guess she is supporting. It's kind of on the yeah. on the level there, but right. put her there because it's easier chance to win, which she did. Oh, okay, yeah. great. Had she, well, I don't know that she would have won Best Actress because right. it's such a tight year, but I mean, this could have been a sweep. We talked about there are only three sweeps of the top five categories. Okay. Wait, but there um, would have been no supporting actress. Well, a sweep is uh, actor, actress, picture oh. director, and screenplay. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Which was done by It Happened One Night. Everything, um, Everywhere, All at Once? No. No. But that got. Actress, no best actor. It was oh. both supporting awards, too. Oh, yeah. Okay. All three best supporting actors lost. Maybe they canceled each other out. Oh. Oh, I think we didn't mention Lee J. Cobb as the villain was the third Okay. One. He was um, Jimmy the Mobster. The Mobster, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also in um, 12 Angry Men. Uh, they all lost to Edmund O'Brien from The Barefoot Contessa. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I think it's probably just a matter of them canceling each other out. And who is that with him? Uh, being presented by the previous year's Best Supporting uh, Actress, which was Donna, Donna Reed. Reed. Okay, that's what it from, like. from Here to Eternity. Oh, right? yeah. She was great. Yeah, okay. so both Marlon Brando and Grace Kelly won the lead actors. 
Yeah. Worse. Oh my gosh. They look so young there. They do look so young. Very photogenic. Oh my gosh, yeah. And Eva Marie Saint, one best supporting actress. Yeah. Uh, she's still with us. Okay. Yeah, she's uh, 94. Wow. Uh, but yeah, the movie won, is that eight? Seven. Yeah. Best Picture, Director, okay. Marlon Brando and Ethan Marie Saint. Uh, screenplay, Art Direction, Cinematography, and Editing. Well, when I was looking up 1954 movies to watch another one this week, yeah, I noticed that it was, I mean, it was a high-grossing film, but not yeah. one of the top ones. No, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah that was interesting. Yeah, kind of a, a smaller movie, too. Yeah, the score that it lost was by Leonard Bernstein. Did you notice the similarities to West Side Story in the music? No. Oh, okay. Well, Bernstein did that music, too? Uh-huh, Leonard Bernstein. Yeah, I, I noticed it this time. It sounds very similar to West Side Story. Okay, I didn't notice it. Yeah. Uh, so, speaking of music... Let's see if you can name this tune the best song winner. Three coins and a fountain. <laughs> Three coins and a fountain? Yes. <laughs> nice. From... From Bing Crosby. Oh, no, The Country was, Girl. No, from Three Coins in the Fountain. Oh, we, that's That right. was one of the losing movies. That was. That was yes. one of the movies. And that was Frank Sinatra, not Frank that. Sinatra. You said that uh, at the time. Tim Scare's Best Supporting Actor winner. Okay. From uh, Here to Eternity. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember. He was good in that. Yeah. Uh, so, the more piece of business, we're almost done with the 50s i was really expecting this to be the top movie of the 50s lawrence of arabia is the last one no lawrence of arabia is 60s oh all about eve is the one that's left oh okay, okay. um yes what so, year is that 1950 okay yeah uh so the 50s started off kind of inauspiciously with the greatest show on earth as number 92 out of 94 at the time okay. i made this list it would be 93 now. In a few weeks, it'll be 94. Uh, and then <laughs> at number 90 was 1956's Around the World in 80 Days. And then at 85 was Gigi from 1958. Okay. Yeah, so, so in the bottom 10, there are three movies from the 50s. But then the 50s didn't come up again for almost 40 spots with An American in Paris at number 47. Okay. Uh, we watched that. Gene Kelly. The top half of the list. Yeah. 1951. Uh, shortly uh, after that, we saw Marty. Marty. What a great 44. movie. I can't yeah, believe I've never seen that. I'd like to watch Marty again. Yeah, me too. Remember when we were watching movies that were 90 minutes long? <laughs> uh, shortly higher than Marty was uh, From Here to Eternity, which okay, we just talked movie. about. Yeah. Number 39 from 1953. And a few spots higher than that was Ben Hur at okay. thirty-five. I like uh, Marty from Here to Eternity better than Ben Hur. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I was still kind of surprised Ben Hur ranked so low just because of its. Uh, and that does have a lot of oh. admirers. It's yeah. a big epic. It is an epic. But there was another big gap where we didn't get talk about the fifties again until numbers. 16 oh. with the bridge on the river Kwai, Very number good. 57 yeah yeah and then of course this week number, on the waterfront number seven which is great definitely should be yeah it's kind of interesting the the this decade is in tears right yeah with the three at the very bottom four in the middle and then three near the top of the list yeah yeah. Um, we still have one left with All About Eve. All About Eve. And this is where I guess, I'm running out of spots to guess, but um, considering that I picked All About Eve the last uh, yes. five or six weeks, I'm going to guess number six. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so you could only guess higher or the same, but I, th I think it's pretty clearly. Yeah, we've. Yeah, but you never know. I think it's going to be next because you keep saying it's going to be next. I thought yeah. it was going to be next last time. Yeah. 
So we both think it's coming up next, and we're about to find out. Any, anything else on, on the waterfront before we... Uh, no. Oh, we're down get... to just six, please. It's crazy. Okay, you're right. <laughs> all about Eve. All about Eve. So we'll Good. be back next week with All About Eve. You've seen that before, right? Mm-hmm. Looking forward to seeing it again. Yes. Uh, me too. So, uh, yeah, fasten your seatbelts. We'll be back with All About Eve. It's going to be a bumpy week. ride. It's going to be a bumpy night. <laughs> uh, okay. Looking forward to this. <laughs> <laughs>